Hello, friends, and welcome back to the While We're Waiting Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. This is a podcast of stories, stories of devastating loss and grief and heartbreak and struggle, and stories of hope and healing and faith and, yes, even joy. Underlying every conversation is the hope we have in Jesus Christ, which makes it possible to not just survive the loss of a child, but to live well while we're waiting to see them again in heaven one day. You can learn more about our ministry and the free Bereaved Parent Retreats we host by visiting our website at www.whilewe'rewaiting.org. Welcome to episode number 139, which is a continuation of my conversation with Grace Whitna. If you missed last week's episode, you'll want to go back to hear the story of her sons Levi and Cole, who each died by suicide, 13 years apart. We'll be sharing a wide-ranging discussion today of issues faced by bereaved parents, particularly those who have lost a child to suicide, touching on issues related to anger, taking our thoughts captive, and what it means to give a sacrifice of praise. We'll pick up the interview right where we left off last week. You talked about After Cole's death, you really found yourself becoming angry. Talk about that experience and how you managed to work through that. You know, I was raised a good Baptist girl, and you just didn't get mad at God. (laughs) And anger didn't look good. It wasn't making quiet spirit, you know, that's for sure. But I tell you what, rage came over me. It was Mm -hmm. shortly after there was some discussion about counseling the whole family. I felt like needed to get counseling together. And I had a counselor on board. Anyway, my husband really wasn't sure about that. And, yeah, there was just different things that I was not in control of. And I think once you've gone through a devastating loss or a tragedy or trauma, you want to be in control of as much as you can be in control of because you were so helpless. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was the door that opened up to this rage. And I tell you what, it was rage. I was so Mm -hmm. angry. I was angry at my husband, at people. I was angry with God. I was angry with people that never had a child lost. You know, I, I, I just, and you know what? I almost liked it because where sorrow and grief wore me out and I was tired, anger gave me energy. I was like, It was like this really weird adrenaline energy, and I, I thought it was kind of better. <laughs> but yeah. oh, I can see uh, that, yeah. And um, it took some time, and I am telling you, what my family was so. My husband, I don't know how much of the children knew that I was going through this, but my children and my friends certainly did, and they were very patient with me. They were very, very patient with me, and you know that whole saying about time heals. I don't know that it is that time heals because I think in time over time you can come rage, bitterness, cynicism, sure, sure. critical. But I think God uses time to to heal us if and we need to cooperate, you know, with that. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit uses time and some dear friends were one day I I am actually a hair designer, so I was doing their hair and had two friends and one had knew my children they she babysat them as a baby and our families grew up together and um her kids and my kids and so she really loved my kids and she just sat there and she said grace i don't i don't understand it i don't understand how this could happen i don't know i i just know that god is will make satan pay mm. 
Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I remember Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. He brings back all that's lost. Somehow, it's his vengeance, not my vengeance. He's going to redeem this some way, somehow. And then my other friend, she happened to be my midwife. So she'd been there when they were all born and loved them dearly. And she said, Grace, I, Jesus was a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief, Isaiah 53, 3. And he knows your pain and he feels it and he understands it. And he has made a way through maybe a narrow road, but he's mm. going to guide you. And somehow, I don't know, the anger just began to come off of my shoulders, just came, just started to leave me. And I believe I was delivered. He delivered me of anger and it lifted off just like in that Isaiah 61 scripture I was talking about it says, he'll set the captives free. And I, I was set free of that rage and anger. And so that's what happened, you know, for me, um, as far as that rage, it was the Holy spirit using time and people speaking into our life. I can't tell you how much being in the word, spending a lot of time in worship, just crying out to God, being in community of believers, our family, but then our brothers and sisters in Christ minister to us so much. And, And that's how that's kind of, they saw me through. I had mothers praying for me in the morning because I know you understand in the morning, you don't know that your child is gone and suddenly it hits you. And that depression comes over because you're facing it again, you know, Mm -hmm. and so that he would bring joy in the morning. Mm -hmm. And um, that's basically what we did. And I I will share this grief is very, very dark and it's a desperate journey. And you can go back over those same thoughts again, what if, or how come, or, why didn't this happen or whatever? And they're dead end roads and they, they bring a lot of kind of death and destructions at the end of them. But I learned early on that we've got to take control of our minds Yes, and that everything starts with the thought thoughts lead to beliefs mm-hmm. and they turn into desires and the desires turn into action and habits. That's kind of paraphrased from scripture, but, in Romans 12, 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And then in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, it says, for our weapons of our warfare are not of flesh, but have divine power to destroy. And we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion that raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. In that one of the versions, it says vain imaginations. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine all kinds of things about what their life would be like. I would imagine what if this had happened, you know, just I think as women, we imagine, what did she, what did she mean when she said that, you know, where my (laughs) husband could just care less, but, you know, especially as moms and the truth is we got to stick to the truth. And the truth is, is that God was, he knew what was going to happen and he ordained so many days Mm -hmm. and he knew they were going to make this choice. And for some reason he allowed it to happen. 
So I had to begin to stop going to those places that were dark. I mean, I remember when I was a little girl, my mom would say, what is depressing you? What is upsetting you? What are thoughts are you having? And those are not God thoughts. You need to turn around and think about something else. Mm-hmm. And that's what I learned early on with Levi that, and certainly with Cole that I needed to do. I think I shared earlier that with you or you heard a podcast where I shared there was 40, we have at least 40,000 thoughts a day. Mm-hmm. Might be more than that. I don't know what the science is today. That's what it was 2010 when I read it. But they can map our brain. They know where our memories are. They know all these things that the Bible talked about thousands of years ago. Now they found it and proven it in our brain. And they can see that we have all these thoughts. That is a lot of thoughts to corral. Oh, yes. And I am still not very good at it. But those thoughts become like a highway in our brain, like a ditch that we can easily fall into. So if you're constantly thinking about this trauma, this tragedy, it makes a ditch in your brain and it's it's easy to fall in and it's hard to exit. Yes. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the Lord a long time ago gave us his wisdom in Philippians 1, 12 and through 14. He said to replace those thoughts he says, finally, brothers, whatever is good, whatever's true, that's the important thing. Whatever's true, right. who Jesus Christ is, Jesus is the truth. Whatever is honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So he tells us to take our thoughts captive. He tells us this is spiritual warfare. We're going to have to, we're going to have to w- war. We're going to, you know, a girl that doesn't know there's a battle going on, she's already losing. That's right. Or a man. <laughs> but right. um, then he tells us what to think about. But the problem after Cole, I know I keep going on and on, but I'll just say this. The problem after good, Cole keep going. is that I had PTSD. And I know there's other parents that, you know, th- there is something sweet about we were there when our children were conceived, born. And we're still alive when they die. There is something poetic about being there for the whole thing. It's not what we wanted. No. Oh, it's not what I wanted. But I was there for the whole thing. And in my case, I was actually there. My breath was the last breath in Levi's lungs, you know, Mm -hmm. human breath. You know, Uh, I, I was there. But there's something so traumatic about it that it causes PTSD. And I'm telling you, if you have a loop, if you have that loop of your loved one's death playing over and over in your mind, you're going to have to get help. So I had that CPR just on a loop after Cole's death in my mind, I could not stop it. So how can you take your thoughts captive when it's just naturally playing a loop? And this was like six months after. So I checked into it, dear friend, who couldn't counsel me herself because she was in grief over Cole. She loved him, but she sent me somewhere and she really helped me research EMDR. It wasn't something crazy. It wasn't some hypnosis or drugs or it just wasn't anything weird. It was scientifically based. And basically it's where you go through the trauma with both sides of your brain. And something about that helps you to 
get through that memory. And all I could tell you is that for me, I was didn't know what was going to happen. But for me, I walked in at that second or third appointment and we went through the EMDR process like three times of the memory of doing CPR and cold. And I walked out of there different. Mm. I walked out of there with, it's the same memory. There's nothing changed. I mean, the same, it's the same truth. It's the same memory. It's the same thing that happened. But for some reason, it's put in a package that's tolerable. It's put Mm. in a package that, that my spirit can, can take in and can tolerate. That's the only way I can, can put it. Um, yeah. Whereas when my memory was, I was actually doing CPR on him. I was in place. Whereas when I finished, it was like I was across our acreage watching me do it. Mm. The memory wasn't as, uh, all I can say is that I, it was like a very miraculous for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I would suggest that for anyone who's in a loop, pray about that and research it. We want to be healthy for the rest of our families, for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So when I would ask those questions, why do some suicides fail and some succeed? Why would a good God allow them to die? Why couldn't he stop them? Why didn't he tell us? And a friend spoke the scripture at Cole's funeral, and it was where we get RIP, R-I-P. Yeah. And that's rest in peace. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that was in the Bible. I had no idea where it came from. But it says in Isaiah 57, 1 and 2, good people pass away. The godly often die before their time. And no one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. Yes. And they will find rest and peace when they die. Other versions say the righteous are taken from calamity or taken Mm -hmm. from future misery. and They'll finally get rest. So we live in a fallen world. And we have a free will. Other people have free wills. Yeah, right. And so I have to believe that God somehow allowed, you know, these deaths of our precious children somehow out of his unfathomable love because he saw the whole picture that we can't see. And sometimes that has to be good enough. Mm. Because even Mm -hmm. if we had the answers to all our questions, we'd still hurt. Yes. The hurt would still be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he sees the end from the beginning, which we can't. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just have to trust in his sovereignty. Mm -hmm. I think you've expressed that beautifully. And and like you said, we have to just accept it. Because we Mm -hmm. can fight against it. We can argue against it. We can be angry and rage and all of those things that that you did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it doesn't change what has happened. And in order to to be able to move forward, not move on. We don't like the term move on around Mm -hmm, here, but in order to move forward, carrying our grief along with us, moving closer to our children every day because they are in our future, um, more so than in our past, now that they are ahead of us. I think that's one thing that we have to do in order to be able to do that in a healthy way, and that is to accept. We have to be able to submit. Mm -hmm. We have to be able to accept. We have to be able to submit 
to what God has allowed in our lives right. in order to be able to move forward in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm glad that you have been able to do that. And it's so clear in everything that you're sharing, how you've just really depended on the Lord through all of this. And even in your anger and rage and confusion, you look to him and brought all of that to him. And Mm -hmm. that's how you have survived and and even thrived through the loss of two of your sons. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that scripture that says that both Psalms 23, when it says, though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And I recently um, heard a pastor say that it's his presence. You know, that he expressed it in a way that I wasn't able to, that God's presence is what we crave. It's what Adam and Eve experienced. And it's his presence that we crave because when we find emptiness in even in earthly pleasures, when we turn to God, his, our father's presence is our treasure. Yes. It is the true treasure. Because in his kingdom, it is heaven. Being in the presence of God is like being in heaven. And that's what we were created for, to be with him in his presence for all eternity. So it's biblical to mourn. Lamenting is all through the Bible, but we just don't know it until we're in it. That's right. (laughs) Or someone points it out to us. Uh To mourn is biblical, but there are two ways. One is to run away from God to anger, unbelief. That's one way. The other way is to run into his presence where he comforts us, where he binds up the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. It's where we get into a presence. And I don't know, maybe there are aspects of his presence that we can only find in the valley of the shadow of death. I I don't know that that's you know, I'm still working through that. I'm not saying it's the only wet place, but maybe. Maybe that's sometimes we need him's presence so desperately that that's where we get it. And that's where, like some of the worship songs say, when it's darkest, that's where he he's brightest, you know. Yes. And so we do not grieve as the world does with no hope. We have our hope in Jesus. We have a father who ne- never leaves or forsakes us, like he says in Deuteronomy 31.8. Yeah. And so I I recently, can I go ahead and tell you about the scripture that bothers me? Oh, sure. Go ahead. Not really. You asked that question. I know that. <laughs> so people, what people shouldn't say. Yes. Oh, can yes. Jump into that? Yes. So, please tell us something that, that people should <laughs> not on. say. Yeah. Well, some people find a lot of I've heard, I've listened to your podcast. So I know. So you know that's a typical question. Some people like and some people don't like. But the one that really bothered me was Romans 8 28. We know that all things work together for the good of those that love God to them who are called according to his purpose. And I am sorry, but there was nothing good about my child dying at 14. Right. There was never going to be anything good about it, in my opinion. Uh And then having another son pass away. I mean, it just wasn't going to be good, you know, and I was looking for God's goodness in the land of living and, and collateral beauty, but don't come and tell me 
that he's going to make. I, it's the truth, but I don't want to hear it. Exactly. That's right. And uh-huh. so I, I told Reed, I said, you better watch me because I might slap the next person uh-huh. that says that to me. <laughs> Won't be good. It's the truth, but not everything is beneficial or brings peace. So yeah. sometimes we just need to refrain from saying those scriptures that pop into our head that sound like they just sum it up and just listen and just yeah. love and listen to someone that's grieving, mm-hmm. you know, or hurting from any traumatic, you know, maybe those things are, are better said later or are not said, but then yes. figure it out themselves, you know, so that happened to be mine, but I will say it took 18 years for my heart to open up to that scripture because I thought I could see the good for other people. But in that scripture, it says, work together for the good of them that love God. Well, I love God for those yeah. who are called. According. So it meant for me personally, I said, Lord, doesn't that mean for me personally? And it's like oh, I was listening to um, someone. I, I can't think of his name now, but he says a contemporary artist um, that's been around for years. And something that he said, uh, like a pinprick of light just kind of came into my mind uh-huh. it's the way I can describe it of the hope that God was going to do something good because he cut because of that scripture I began to think of it as you know how that kind of cliche thing about you know it's a big tapestry and he's God sees either side of the tapestry right, right yeah but it's true <laughs> and he's created each thread and he knows the pathway and he's he's gingerly, lovingly threading each, you know, we make our choices, but he's watching where that thread's going yes. and weaving them all together. And he has known me since conception and he understands what I don't understand. So perhaps he sees something good through all my struggles and trials that he alone can do. Mm-hmm. And it's something I'm still trying to wrap my head around and understand. But it's not something like in James 1 where we talk about that your trials will bring perseverance, will create character, perseverance, maturity, Mm -hmm. patience, compassion, etc. I'm not talking about, those are very important, but I'm not talking about my character. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about God. And I feel like there is a holy, righteous work in me of understanding a little bit more of his unfathomable love. It's like it's a revelation that he's lavishing on me within me to begin to resonate so deep inside me. And I see it as an elusive good work that God is working for me of being in his love and understanding how big and wide his love is. And that his love tethers me to Jesus. I need to be tethered to Jesus. I can be a wanderer. I can be distracted. Sure. Somewhere, there's nowhere else for me to run, to find hope and peace, but his love. Mm -hmm. And perhaps that good work that's happening in me has to do with that. Yes. I'm, I'm chewing on that one, so. I'll let you know someday if it gets me more, but I, I I feel like it has to do with him loving me. It's about him loving me. Yes. It's good work he's doing. 
and me walking in that. Well, and I think those are some things, like you said, you're chewing on it. You know, you're you're trying to kind of work your way through that. I'm not sure that some of those things we'll ever fully understand. In fact, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure we won't. And there are things that we're going to chew on throughout the rest of this earthly life because they're just, they're, they're beyond our comprehension. You know, if we could understand everything about God, what kind of God would he be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think there are some mysteries. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says that the secret things belong to God. Mm-hmm. And so I think there are things that we just won't ever understand in this life. And again, we come back to submission and accepting and uh, just believing that he loves us and that he is for us and that one day all of these things that are so very wrong in this world are going to be made right. And I so look forward to that day. And I know you do too. I do. I do. I look forward to that day when we are all together. Yes. All of us are together. Mm -hmm. Worshiping the Lord together. And God has has shown that to me. Yeah. And what a wonderful day that will be. You know, one of the things that has happened uh, more recent is that I was diagnosed with stage four cancer. It's a rare cancer, neuroendocrine tumors. They're slow-growing cancer. And um, this is my third round of it, round of it. And God has been very merciful. And I've had great care here in Oklahoma City and in MD Anderson, Houston, and an eight-hour surgery and I get shots every month and, but you know what, God has, the tumors that are left are stable and they are not growing. They're not multiplying. And I'll even tell you the last two scans, cause I have them every three months. The doctor said, we couldn't have expected this to go better. They've actually shrunk. They don't, wow. this isn't what usually happens. They shrink, but yeah. they have, and some little ones have disappeared. So. Between, well, together with the boys and, and our family and, and what's happened with us, along with this cancer, it's caused me not only tethered to the Lord, <laughs> but it's shown me God isn't finished. Our race yes. isn't finished till we get to the finish line. And evidently, I'm still here. So yeah, he has a purpose right. and a plan. And I want to be intentional with my time and energy yes. towards God and my family and my friends, his church, those people he puts in my life. And that's why I'm so drawn to while we're waiting, because it's all about while we're waiting to be united mm-hmm. with our children. We want to glorify God. We want to yes. honor our children's life. Yes. And we want to do what God calls us and purposes to do now. Yes. And it would be easy. It'd be very easy for me to sit back. I am, I'll tell you a secret. I'm 65. (laughs) It'd be Uh really easy for me to sit back. You know, we've got some hobbies that, you know, or to sit back to get involved in those or I don't know, watching TV or (laughs) whatever, but I want to be intentional with the time that I have. I've wasted enough time in my life and just really do what God is calling me to do. Yes. Amen. Amen. And one of those things he's calling you to do is lead a while we're waiting support group in Oklahoma City. Um, You all meet in your home, from what I understand. 
tell us just a little bit about that. We're, we're, we probably need to go ahead and wrap up this episode, okay. but yeah. I would love to hear just a little bit about that before we close and how people maybe could get involved with that. Right. Well, I'm hoping if anyone out there is listening and they want to be involved in a support group, I wish I'd had a support group early on. I have been involved in mom's groups, um, one here in Oklahoma City and then, you know, a national one. But I have for years, years have felt this needs to be something for couples. It's great for singles. And we are open for singles to come. We, I've talked with a lot of moms one-on-one. On one, and my husband has talked to, to dads. But as couples, we do griefs differently. Mm-hmm. We do. There are just something about couples coming together. I've wanted that for so long. And I tried to figure out how to do it. And then when we came to your retreat, like, again, I, I was like, where was this retreat so long ago? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, th- I'm telling you. The retreats are fabulous and the support group to have a support group that both my husband and I could go to. Mm-hmm. It's what I've wanted for years. So why reinvent the wheel? We're going to do yeah. it while we're waiting. <laughs> and it's, we're having a little hard time getting the word out. We're having a little hard time getting it going, but until the Lord shuts the door, I'm following through and yeah. um, we are getting in touch with all the people we know to get in touch with, to get the word out. I know it's a hard thing to go mm to a support group or just to get out. The pandemic was hard on people, but also yes. just to get people out of their house and go somewhere. And when you're grieving, that's a hard thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, it is so worth it. The support mm-hmm. groups are so worth it. And so we have started one here and we, you know, if you would put out the information about to get all of us, but um, I yeah. put it on Facebook um, and we have it the first Tuesday of the month. If at some point it needs to be on a different date, we're open to that. If it gets mm-hmm. too big, we want to go somewhere else or needs to be in another area for people to accommodate people coming, we'll move it because we are just so, so open yeah. to wanting to, to help. I have seen mothers start out so broken and through meeting with them on a regular basis come to a place of healing where they turn and are helping others. And yes. And that's that whole scripture in Corinthians that says mm-hmm. we comfort others as God has comforted us. That is one of our main scriptures. And that's really part of the healing. Oh, when you yeah. can comfort someone else. And Absolutely. So that's what those support groups are about. Yeah. And is it all right, Grace, if I put your phone number in our yes. show notes so that yes. people can either call you or text you mm-hmm. to get information? Um, I don't want to put your home address in the right. show notes, so they would have to text you or call you to mm-hmm. find out where you all meet. And um, I would just encourage anyone who might be listening from the Oklahoma City area to to check out this group. It really is something special to just sit around a room, a comfortable room with other moms and dads who truly get it. Our our support groups are very informal. It's not like somebody's going to be teaching you a lesson. There's no workbook. There's nothing like that. It's really just an informal gathering of of moms and dads to talk about the kids that we love so much. We have a little devotional time to just kind of jumpstart the conversation and usually a few snacks and that kind of thing and very relaxed and laid back. And so if you're looking for a 
place to get connected with other moms and dads in that sort of format. I've got Grace's information in the show notes so that you can look that up and get connected with her. And if you're not in Oklahoma City, you're somewhere else around the country, go to our website, www.whilewarewaiting.org, and just look under the support groups tab. We've got um, support groups in a number of different states, and we even have a virtual group Mm -hmm. that meets once or twice a month, depending on the month. So all of that information is on our website, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. And one thing can I add about that? Absolutely. I think some people think you go to a support group and you're, you're, you've got to tell your story. You know, you've got to go through the hash, the whole thing. And right. I've heard, I don't want to go somewhere where I have to hash up. But yeah. That's not nope. what the support group nope. is about at all. We're not, right. we're not putting you in a room where you just have to tell your story every week or every month or whatever. That's not it. That, that's, of course, if someone needs to tell their story at some point, we'll listen. But it's that's not what this is about. You can right. probably tell, say that better than me, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's more just a relational get to know each other, um, a fellowship. A fellowship. That's a good way to describe it. And it's once a month, you know, a lot of support group meetings, you know, especially grief share is a wonderful, wonderful support group. It addresses all types of loss, though. It's not specific to child loss and it's every week and you have homework. (laughs) I don't know about you, but when I was grieving, especially early on, uh, I'm still grieving. Don't, don't, don't think it's over, but mm-hmm. you know, early on in those early months and weeks and year, I couldn't do homework. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like that with our support groups. They're much more laid back. Um, and I think people would be surprised that at least in our group in Arkansas, there's more laughter than there are tears right. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because it is, it's a place that you can cry freely and without being embarrassed or feeling like you're going to make other people uncomfortable, but you can also laugh and smile and not worry that other people in the group are going to think you're over it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we, we laugh and cry at the same time sometimes, and that's okay. That's what we do as bereaved parents. So, all right, we need to wrap up. Um, (laughs) Is there anything else? I have loved our conversation. We could probably talk for another hour, but you know, (laughs) We yeah. gotta, we gotta we stop gotta. sometime. Yeah, we do. <laughs> is there, um, is there anything else you'd like to share, just real quick, before we close? Worship. Listen, I mean, my car is my worship mobile. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and let me go ahead and throw this out there since you brought yeah. that up. A lot of times we close with the guest sharing some songs from their playlist. So, what are you listening to these days? Well, there's plenty that I'm listening to, but I recently, in the last couple of years, I've been kind of hooked on Brandon Lake as he's collaborated with so many people that you mm-hmm. can almost find your style within. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you just look him up and you can find your style of music. But his song Gratitude has been one that God introduced me to. And I just sing and sing and cry and sing because we do need to find a place where we can be grateful to God. Yes. Even yes. in our pain. And when it says sacrifice of praise, we're going to spend all eternity worshiping God, magnifying his name, his great love for us. But right now is a time where we can worship him well while we're hurting. Yes. When we're in eternity, there's not going to be anything to hurt about. It's just going to be everywhere. 
But right now is a time where we can really offer up a sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice sometimes to praise God when your heart is hurting. And there's just something about that that I believe that God sees and he hears and he knows. And our hearts can be lifted. Our hearts can be healed through worship. Mm -hmm. And um, so so gratitude is one that really helped me. It helped me get through my can't that eight hour surgery, all that whole period of time with cancer yeah. and and the kids um, lost. But um, he's got some other ones. He's got a lot, but some other ones that he has that re- just recently is don't give up on me. And um, it really encourages me that he's still got plans and dreams and blessings, yes. There's, you know, because we always feel like it's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, and sure. um, we're ju- he says, my child, we're just getting started, you know, and at my age and also what we've been through, sometimes I feel like it's it's kind of on the downside over. And but the, the song says, you've, you've not seen all that I've promised. You know, mm. there's so much more. Just open your open your eyes, open your hands. And then another song, he says, uh, fear is not my future. You are. And mm. there's a, a part. It's beautiful. And there's a part that says, sickness is not my story. I sang that over and over. Sickness Mm -hmm. is not my story. You are. And this is a really good line. Heartbreak is not my home. You are. Jesus is our home. Not a heartbreak. Right. He wants to be our home. And then lastly, it says, death is not the end. Jesus, you are. So those are just some brand new songs i've been listening to worship all through since my it's just i grew up in a family of music but right but these are just my newest ones that i would pass on is that gratitude and don't give up on me and fear is not my future among many others yeah awesome awesome yeah i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to look a couple of those up i'm not was not familiar with those so. uh-huh. and there's a, also um uh, Rand, if anyone wants to look on YouTube, Heaven by Randy Alcorn is a great book. Mm-hmm. Yes. But he has a sermon on YouTube and it's CS, it's called C.S. Lewis on Heaven, the New Earth, God's Remedy to the Problem of Evil and Suffering. And I'm telling you, when I actually did a podcast for another group, the interviewer, came back to me and said, I looked that YouTube up and it was fabulous. I mean, it really, if you can look it up, it really is good, right? You know, we want to know where our children are. So books on heaven, Randy Alcorn's book on heaven and sure, you know, different books on heaven or grief are so, are so good for us. But that one, I I hadn't looked at a YouTube. (laughs) Yeah. I will look that one up and I will put that in the show notes as well. Uh, mm-hmm. If it's by Randy Alcorn, I know that I will be a fan. So, yes. uh-huh. and <laughs> the other stuff uh, for your thought on the thought life. When I talked about the thought life, mm-hmm. uh, winning the war on your mind in your mind by Craig Groeschel, and don't give the enemy a seat at your table by Louis Giglio. Those are wonderful about what's going on in our brains. Mm-hmm. Um, they're pretty much based on Carolyn Leafs books and she studies the brain anyway yeah those books are to really think about are you really going to let the enemy come sit at your table and talk to you or are you going 
to make him leave and spend time with Jesus. I mean, yeah. you know, it's that yeah. basic, basically. Anyway, Good practical stuff sounds mm-hmm. like. All right. Well, thank you so much, Grace. We have had just the best so time much. talking today. I love you too. <laughs> I've enjoyed this. <laughs> I have too. All right. Well, thank you again for coming on and you've given us a lot of things to think about and just some good, solid encouragement for the journey. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the While We're Waiting Hope After Child Loss podcast. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please take just a moment to leave a rating or a review and please feel free to share it with someone you know who might be helped by it. We're so grateful for all of you who come back and listen every week, and those of you who may be listening for the very first time. I hope God has used it to encourage you today and to help you live well while you're waiting.